Hello everyone, my name is Rochelle Innocent and I'm the founder and CEO of Project Purpose. Welcome to our channel. Our community is focused on fostering the intellectual and character development in children. We do this through our parent-child workshops that are focused on four themes, autonomy, self-efficacy, compassion, and self-concept, in order to cultivate grit, perseverance, and resilience in each child. And we are very thrilled to be offering one of the first of its kind, digital, virtual, and continuous learning environments, enabling children and parents to connect from all around the world. At Project Purpose, our overarching mandate is to renew and rebuild family, community, and relationships. Our different social media platforms provide us with an opportunity to have discussions on all topics that relate to family, community, and relationships with ourselves as well as with others, with a primary focus on mental health and education. More precisely, the ways that the institutions of mental health and education play a role and have played a role in our societies at large. These discussions and debates provide us with an opportunity to think critically about what needs to change within these structures for us to live up to our bold slogan, support, protect, and empower each child through youth-focused development, better known as leadership in juvenescence. We recognize that in valuing our children's leadership potential, this also translates as recreating and co-creating environments, both socially and politically, that will enable our children to thrive. For those of you who are particularly keen on the topic, we also write thought pieces every other Sunday, and we actually have one scheduled to drop this upcoming Sunday, so definitely be sure to meander over to the website and check out our online content. If it is the case that you're looking for listening alternatives, well, we're available on 10 different podcast platforms, and we've provided the links down below for your listening leisure. Now, as is the convention, be sure to subscribe, hit that post notification bell so that you are aware of every time we post. And of course, if you want to keep these conversations going, like, comment, and share this segment. Let's get into it. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another segment here on Project Purpose. For those of you who are new, we cover topics that relate to mental health, mental wellness, and education on a week-by-week -week basis. And this week, our topic of discussion is mental wellness. Now, as you can read by the description, today our topic on mental wellness is really going to be focused on visual moderation. And I am someone who is a huge practitioner of visual moderation. As you know, if you've watched any of my videos or a few of my videos, I'm someone who is considered to be a highly sensitive person. And this just involves my sense system is just more attuned to like nuances and subtleties in my environment but it also means I'm much more sensitive to visual imagery and to anything that really involves my sensory percepts but visual imagery is going to be the focus of conversation for today's segment and I don't know if many people find a linkage but I find that for me visual moderation being very mindful about what it is that I'm consuming visually has a huge impact on my mental wellness and in fact I am very regimented in the types of things that I allow myself to consume visually because I see the impact that it has on my well-being and I just want to provide the argument for why this is something that we should all begin to do. I think that sometimes we normalize a lot 
allowing different visual imagery to shake us up, to make us feel unsettled, to scare us, to make us feel nervous, to give us anxiety. But that's not the norm, right? I think that we all owe it to ourselves to feel safe, to feel secure, to feel steady and to feel neutral, to not always feel like we're being jarred by the situation, circumstances and the visual imagery. When I say visual imagery, I'm not just talking about pictures, I'm talking about things that we watch on TV, things that we're watching on YouTube, things that we're watching on TikTok. There's certain things that we see that we see has a negative impact on our well-being, yet we continue to consume it. We don't moderate our visual consumption of specific things that we know are not good for us. And for me, I do moderate it. And has it landed me in the doghouse with a few people because I had to shut up a movie like, what, 15 minutes before it started? Absolutely. Have people made fun of me because of the fact that I recognize when something is just too much for me visually and I disengage from that content? Absolutely. And I don't mind, it doesn't phase me because I recognize that I am the guardian of my own mental well-being and I'm the guardian of this beautiful mind of mine and I don't want my mind to be jarred and to be, you know, just unsettled because of the things that I'm allowing myself to consume. So at this stage in the game with time and experience, I have a better sense of the things that I can consume in moderation and the things that I just completely cut out. And I just want to talk a little bit about why I do it and why it's a good idea for everyone to start to think about what it is that they're consuming visually and how the things that they're consuming is impacting them. And if it is the case that it is giving you a visceral reaction, if you're finding that you're anxious, that you feel shaken, that you feel nervous, that you feel scared after you're watching certain types of things, then it might be a signal to you that you need to exercise moderation to not consume as much or just not consume it at all if you find that it really does shake you up and it takes you a while to bounce back and to get back to normal. So I'd like to give you at this juncture my three reasons why visual moderation is a great way to support and enhance your mental well-being and without further ado let's jump into the segment so my first reason for moderating your visual consumption so for moderating the things that you see and being mindful of how what it is that you're watching is is interacting with you and how it's making you feel on the inside it's really about guarding your inner peace and I'm someone I enjoy peace I have had my share of drama as I'm sure many of us have had but at some point drama loses its excitement it loses this allure. We don't want drama anymore. And in fact, sometimes for those of us who find that our lives are pretty even keel, we seek out drama and the things that we consume online or the things that we consume visually, like through the TV or wherever. And I am really about guarding my inner peace. So if it's entertainment, if it's light, if it's making me laugh, if it's intriguing, then of course I'm going to watch it, I'm going to consume it. But if it's disrupting my inner peace, if the things that are happening are so close to home that I feel personally disrupted and I feel personally impacted by what it is that I'm seeing, then I'm going to opt out of watching that kind of content. And it's because we can experience things such as visceral trauma. So we can see something, know that it's fiction, but it's so jarring, it's so harsh that we ourselves are feeling like the, the symptoms of that event, right? 
And I don't like to feel these kinds of emotions unnecessarily. Like if I'm going through something and it's a bit traumatizing for me, like I'm happy to cycle through the process that I need to, to get back on track, but I'm not interested in consuming things visually that are gonna trigger those same reactions in me. So I think that once you develop an appreciation for peace, once you begin to value peace, you recognize that there are so many different mediums that try to cannibalize your peace, that try to take away from it. It's not just your personal relationships. It's not just your professional relationships. What can also eat away at your peace are the things that you're consuming visually. And I think once we recognize that, you know, if we're turning off the TV and we feel jittery or if we're turning off a movie and we need to watch something funny or something light before we can allow ourselves to go to bed or we know we're going to get nightmares. All of these things for me are a signal that maybe the things that we're consuming visually aren't that great for our mental well-being and we should consider moderation. And so that's my first reason. My second reason for why I think visual moderation by way of what we're consuming visually is important is protecting your sensitivity. And I think a lot of us are desensitized to our own humanity and then that translates as to the humanity of others because of some of the imagery that is just so widespread and so mainstream in our culture. And a lot of this imagery is very violent and we don't even recognize the extent of how violent some of this imagery is because it's been so normalized. And I think because it's been normalized, we've been desensitized to the violence. And I think that part of what happens when we become desensitized to violence against either people within our, our communities or external to our communities, people who are similar to us or people who are dissimilar to us, whether they're part of your gender or you know they're, they're part of a different gender group, is that we lose parts of our humanity, right? If we can see violence being enacted on someone and it doesn't jar us, like we're completely impartial to the fact that this person is suffering, this person is being subjected to varying degrees of persecution if, if, we're, if we're seeing people get blown up into bits even and we're unfazed like we can like watch that and eat a sandwich then I think we need to recognize that that is a signal that we've been desensitized to the humanity of others and then also to our own humanity and I think that it's important that we protect our sensitivity I think our sensitivity is very tied to our humanity it's very tied to our capacity to experience compassion and our capacity to experience empathy, to relate to one another. And I don't think that any visual alert, I don't think that anything that tries to capture our attention is so important, so valuable that we allow the cost incurred to be aspects of our sensitivity, so aspects of our humanity. So I think it is really very important to protect our humanity and to recognize when it is that we're watching something that is eating away at our humanity, that is making us feel much more comfortable with, with violence being enacted on, on people and, you know, even on animals, right? Like I think that it is a good reason to moderate our visual consumption if we find that we're consuming a lot of gore, a lot of violence, even if like we're laughing while we're consuming gore and violence, I think that's a huge signal that our sensitivity is, is definitely being targeted and it's being diminished. And I think that our sensitivity should be protected. I don't think that we should allow external stimuli to diminish our sensitivity to each other and to ourselves as well. And that brings us 
to my last reason why I think we should moderate our visual consumption of different things that, you know, stand to have a negative impact on our mental well-being is setting the tone. And I think that oftentimes when we think about boundary setting, we think about relational boundary setting, but I think boundary set setting translates in every aspect of our lived existence. So boundary setting is also about what you're doing in your own personal time by way of what it is that you're consuming and how much of what it is that you're consuming. And as adults, we no longer have different, you know, people, guardians, parents telling us what we should or shouldn't be consuming, moderating and filtering the things that we're consuming for our own well-being. We have to be that for ourselves. So I think when it comes to boundary setting, a lot of the times we think boundary setting and we think relational boundary setting, but I think we need to start thinking about boundary setting with ourselves, like just being cognizant, becoming more aware, more conscientious of the emotions and states of being that we find really benefit us and the emotions and states of being that we really want to steer away from. And if we want to steer away from them, then we need to steer away also from the visual imagery that triggers and incites those emotions, those thoughts and those states of being, or even just moderating your consumption. So consuming them less and less. And I think that a great indicator is if you're watching something and you find that you need to have a mask, so you need to watch something light and fluffy before you get to bed. That might be an indicator to you that what it is that you're consuming visually is like disrupting you mentally, right? And over the long term, I'm not sure if that's really the best for your mental well-being. And that's of course for you to decide, but it's food for thought to consider. So I think when we think about setting boundaries, it's not just about setting boundaries with the people in our lives, whether that's in our personal lives or professional lives, it's also setting boundaries with the things that we interact with, with the things that we allow to cannibalize in our attention, the things that we attend to, and with the ways that we recognize that the things that we're attending to is really hindering our sense of well-being and, and making it much more difficult to manage having a sense of well-being that feels well-adjusted to us. In any case, that's the conversation this week on mental wellness. And I hope that, you know, it gives you some food for thought. I hope that you found it useful and you put some of these tips into practice now that you get my logic as to why, you know, moderation of what it is that we're consuming visually and even the things that we're consuming just by the things that we listen to is really important in cultivating and maintaining a sense of mental well-being. Now, before letting you go, I would be remiss if I didn't let you know that we will be going live at least twice a month, every month for the foreseeable future on our Facebook Live page. And we invite you to join us. Now, these events are paid events. That said, we facilitate them in such a way where we're enabling you to foster the life skills and the critical thinking skills to derive more meaning and fulfillment out of life. And if you do see yourself engaging with our community on an ongoing basis, then I suggest purchasing one of our package plans, which also enables you to access the workshops and webinars that we are offering over and above our live events. In any case, I hope that this conversation gives you some food for thought and I look forward to chatting with you soon. <laughs>